Hi, Spencer. I'm really excited to kick off our second season with our guest today. Hey, Tuzero. We'll be speaking to Dr. Ed Nelling, Department Head and Professor of Finance, to get his take on leadership. We'll be back in just a moment. This is LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast by students for students. In this season, we interview members of LeBeau College's academic departments to discuss their take on leadership as experts in their fields. Here are today's interview hosts. Hello again, everyone. I'm Zora Malik. I'm a junior at the LeBeau College of Business, majoring in accounting and legal studies. And I'm Spencer Ross. I'm a fourth year junior at LeBeau, majoring in finance, business analytics, and management information systems. Today, we're joined by Dr. Ed Nelling, department head and professor of finance at LeBeau College of Business. Dr. Nelling, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. So, first things first, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and your role at the college? Sure. I have been a faculty member in LeBeau since 1999. And I recently became the head of the finance department. So I've been teaching classes for some time, working on research and engaged in other college activities. And I should also note that prior to coming here as a faculty member, many years prior indeed, I was a student. So I came here, I I was an undergrad at Drexel and I studied mechanical engineering. And now I'm back here as a faculty member and in my role as department head. Great. So out of curiosity, what drew you to finance after studying mechanical engineering in your undergrad? Well, I've always liked learning and I've loved learning. And so I was working as an engineer for DuPont for a few years and I was taking classes at night and I was taking some business classes and I found that I really enjoyed the material in my business courses. It was very, very interesting. And I had an interest in going back to graduate school and becoming a professor. And I decided that my main interest was really in business and in finance in particular, as opposed to engineering. So that's how that transition happened for me. Awesome. I always like to hear about how people get into the field of finance. So thank you for that. Sure. Okay, so our next question is more about what are some of the careers that finance students are qualified for after graduation? I would say there are two broad areas that finance students tend to pursue. The first is in what we'll call corporate finance. So in the corporate finance area, we have students that go to work for companies like Johnson & Johnson or Comcast, and they would be involved in business analysis, uh, budgeting, planning, other roles like that in these companies. And the pathway up through the ranks, so to speak, students might get involved in uh, treasury management, managing corporate accounts. They might eventually become the chief financial officer, the CFO of the company. So that's the first area, that's the the corporate finance side. The second broad area, the career field is within the investment industry. So we have quite a few students that go on to careers in investments. And so they'll go to work for companies like Vanguard or Goldman Sachs or 
JP Morgan. And so in these roles, they may be a security analyst where they are researching stocks or assisting a portfolio manager or eventually becoming a portfolio manager. They may also be involved in what we call wealth management, working with individuals and helping them achieve their retirement goals. And then also related to the investment industry, some students will work for banks. They may get involved in analyzing bank loans and doing some risk measurement and things like that. In what ways has the finance industry really changed over the years? And how has LeBeau's curriculum changed and adapted to meet those changes to best prepare its students? Well, that's a great question, Spencer. And in fact, you noted that you're majoring in finance and business analytics. And so I would say the field of finance has definitely become more data-driven, just like almost every field, not just in business, but in so many walks of life. That there's so much more information that's available and there is the ability to analyze data and make more informed decisions. So that broad increase or emergence of technology and the focus on data-driven decisions has been a big factor. So how does that relate to our curriculum within finance or within the College of Business? Well, within our department, one of the courses that we developed a couple of years ago is a course in FinTech. So FinTech is this phrase for financial technology where the course explores issues uh, like the use of blockchains and, and technology like that, electronic payments, and the other uh, things that we have probably experienced as consumers. Uh, but obviously, there's a lot that goes on behind that in terms of uh, the technical details organizing and running those companies, meeting market needs. So, so the data-driven nature is there. FinTech is one example of a course that was developed. And even throughout our courses, I would say that we just use more data. So we incorporate databases like Bloomberg and FactSet in our courses in investments and in mergers and acquisitions. So I actually have a lot of friends involved with the Dragon Fund. Could you actually tell us a little bit more about what that is? Sure. The Dragon Fund is a student-managed stock portfolio, and this ties in with our focus on experiential learning in LeBeau. And this was developed uh, actually by me and my colleague, Daniel Dorn, around 2007, 2008. In the financial crisis, a great time to develop a new initiative, right? So the Dragon Fund, and that's now uh, run by my colleague, Dan Diana Sandberg. And so in this, students take a two-course sequence in which they research industries and companies within those industries, and they recommend companies for inclusion in the portfolio. Essentially, they're making stock recommendations. It's totally student-driven, and they have to convince their fellow students to vote and include these stocks in the portfolio. So this has been a wonderful experience for our students and has actually led to several of them 
getting excellent jobs in the investment industry as a result. As a follow-up to that question, how do you think the industry will change in the future? Well, certainly the focus on data and the availability of data, that's here to stay. So that's going to grow. The other changes, one of the big things on the horizon in finance is the concept of sustainability. And so we have a traditional view about corporations and they're there to maximize shareholder wealth. And sometimes this is associated with um, inappropriate behavior. And sometimes they think about this is not the right focus, but this trend toward sustainability is emerging where we see, number one, companies wanting to be more sustainable. One of the very big trends in finance in recent years is this focus on what we call ESG initiatives. So the letters ESG stand for environmental, sustainability, and governance. And so companies have an increased focus on those concepts in all of their corporate activities. And corporations want that, and they're seeing that investors want it. So very large institutional investors, such as BlackRock, have come out publicly and said, when we consider where to invest our money, we are looking for sustainability. Sustainability is an important criterion. In addition, you hear more and more from students saying, I want to work for a company that's going to make a difference. I don't want just a paycheck. I want to do something meaningful. So this concept of sustainability is going to become increasingly important as we move forward. That's very interesting. And I think that's very true as well. So we just spoke about how LeBeau continues to meet the needs of the market which I think really highlights the leadership within the finance department. How would you describe your own leadership style? I think of how I would like to lead, and I I hope that my colleagues would describe my leadership style as, I would say, supportive and collaborative. And so I, I want to try and reach agreement on how best to do things I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And I hope that the people around me know that I will always do my best for them. I'm I'm here to serve the students at Drexel and to serve the College of Business in my department and my colleagues. So I would say I want to be seen as uh, serving others mainly as a hallmark of my leadership style. That's great, thank you. So as a finance student myself, I've seen firsthand how we're preparing in the classroom for a career in this industry. And like you said, like we're incorporating a lot more data in those classes and things like that. But what are some of the things we can get involved with or skills that we can strengthen outside of the classroom? There's so many opportunities outside the classroom. Some of them are what I would call technical, meaning that I mentioned earlier about how we use databases like Bloomberg and FactSet in our courses. So these databases have certifications where 
you can pursue a Bloomberg certification or, or so that there's a big trend toward, you might hear uh, badging or micro credentials and things like that. So students should think about the skill set that they want to develop. And in addition to just knowing how to use a Bloomberg terminal, they might want to say, I'm Bloomberg certified, right? So there's so many certifications. Uh, they should think about the ones that, that maybe serve their interests the best. But there's also valuable industry designations. For example, in the investment industry, there's a designation known as the Chartered Financial Analyst designation or the CFA charter. And so this program is very valuable and you'll find many people that work in the investment industry will have the letters CFA after their name. I myself am a CFA charter holder. So there are these types of designations that are sponsored by trade associations. So we have chartered financial analyst, certified management accountant, et cetera. There are many different designations and these are valuable credentials for students, but just as important. In fact, I'm gonna say that it's even more important and we hear this from employers all the time. And that's the development of what we call soft skills or, or people skills. So I would say students should try and seek opportunities to, for example, improve their communication skills, learn how to speak effectively. They should learn how to work well in teams. So this notion of team dynamics, and you see this in many courses through group projects, but outside of your coursework, there are a lot of clubs and these provide great opportunities to learn how to work with other people. And another skill that we need, especially now, is the ability to engage with others in a virtual environment. So this notion of just being well-rounded, you want to be good technically, of course. You want to understand finance, accounting, marketing, and the other technical issues, but you really have to be effective in the workplace. And you wanna be seen as an engaging person, uh, a person that's dependable, a person that can lead. And so all of these extracurricular activities are not just lines on a resume, but they're abilities, they're opportunities to develop very important skills. As a fourth year student, I've really seen a lot of these uh, organizations kind of sprout up. I know, I believe it was this year, Drexel Venture Capital started. Um, I think it was last year, Drexel Real Estate Club started. And there's also Drexel Finance and Investment Group. So like, all of these are really great opportunities to kind of talk with people with the same interests and also develop, like you said, those soft skills. So thank you. So our next question is, how important do you think that co-op is to a LeBeau student's education? Well... To say that co-op is valuable would be an understatement. I mean, Drexel, we're all about experiential learning. That, that's our history, that's our legacy, uh, uh, the legacy of Anthony J. Drexel. And I myself, I mentioned earlier that I was a Drexel undergrad and I, I worked at an oil refinery during my co-op experiences when I was studying engineering. And I learned a great lesson. And that lesson was that I definitely did not want to work at an oil refinery after graduation. So, you know, sometimes the value in things, you learn about what you want to do. 
but you also learn about what you don't want to do, perhaps. You, you, you find things that you like, and then you also find things that you don't like. So that this, you, of course, pick up knowledge. This is another chance to develop these, what we called soft skills earlier, because you're in a professional workplace and you need to interact with other people. And interacting with people at work is different than interacting with your classmates or interacting with your friends or interacting with your family. So co-op provides many opportunities to learn about careers and to develop skills and also to reflect. It's important to reflect at the end of each experience and say, what did I like about that? What did I not like about that? Would I have done anything differently? So for all of these reasons and, and many others, co-op is a very, very valuable part of our student experience here at Laveau. I completely agree. My co-ops have helped me narrow down my career options as well. So going on the co-op theme here as students out on co-op it can sometimes be intimidating being the youngest person in a room full of professionals so what advice would you have for us to feel more confident and sure of ourselves when we're out on co-op that's a great question uh, i would say and this is under that umbrella of developing soft skills perhaps um, i would recommend as a student take risks meaning step out of your comfort zone so Many times you'll hear people say, well, I don't like speaking in front of groups, right? Well, give presentations or it, it, it's not always natural for many people, this notion of networking, right? You're at a big event and there's a lot of people there. Walk right up and say hello to somebody that you don't know. Introduce yourself, ask them a question or two. If you make a mistake, don't worry. I mean, there's not, the sun is gonna come up the next day. You know, you're gonna get better with practice. So this notion, be willing to push yourself and step out of the comfort zone and you're going to be developing these skills. And then when you're in a room full of professionals, whether you're the youngest person or whether you're one of the older people like I am now, you'll still feel comfortable. So, so practice makes perfect. Yeah, I definitely agree. As someone that's done two co-ops now, I always have this conversation with younger students about like, I'm scared, what should I be doing? I always say, just don't be afraid to fail. They don't think you know everything when you're getting hired. So you shouldn't be afraid to fail in that situation. Just go for it and you learn yes, from it. Yes, that is absolutely true. In fact, I would say that uh, many people would claim that they learned more from their failures than from their successes. And also, Failure is part of life. If we think, so we're here in a business school. Most new businesses fail. Does that mean that the people that started them were incompetent? No, it's just a learning experience. Failure is a part of life and we learn to accept it and learn from it. And then we do better the next time. Absolutely. Earlier, you mentioned um, how networking is really important for people in their earlier careers. Due to like COVID, everything is remote. Do you have any advice for networking in this remote environment? I would say when you're in, we're all in virtual meetings these days, uh, probably more than we want to be, but you know, virtual meetings are here to stay. So even after the pandemic subsides, we're still going to keep 
virtual meetings to some extent in every setting. And so it's new territory and initially we're uncomfortable and that's okay. So what I would suggest is if you're in a virtual meeting, look at the other participants and, and make a mental note, who is m the most engaging here? Who is the least engaging? And so you will find that the more engaging people probably have certain characteristics in common. Maybe it's responding appropriately to questions or other comments. Maybe those people are reaching out and pulling everyone into the discussion. So this is still new territory, but I would say keep your eyes open and you'll make a note. Oh, she really did well in this meeting. I'm going to jot down a couple of things that I think that she did that made her so effective in the way that, that she communicated during the meeting. And I'm going to try and adopt some of those practices myself. So look, listen, and learn. That's great advice. And I'll definitely be implementing that. Our next question is, how did you get started in your own career? So I would say, I'll refer to my career as an educator. And, and I felt like I always had a, a little bit of a teacher in me somewhere for my whole life. When I was an undergrad at Drexel, I worked as a tutor and just always enjoyed explaining things to other people. And I, I just felt that was in my, in my bones or blood to some extent. So uh, again, I had I'd taken some classes in the evening and I really found that the business courses that sparked a great interest in me. And so I thought, I want to make this transition. I'm going to leave my engineering career and pursue a career in teaching. And I'll choose a topic that I think is very interesting. And that turned out to be finance. And so I, I left my job and went back to grad school, got a PhD, and then became a professor. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. Awesome. So speaking on your career, what are some of your personal or professional accomplishments that you're most proud of? I know you have a number of research papers and publications out there. Is there anything that like sticks out to you as one of your proudest accomplishments? Well, not so much pride of my own accomplishments in that dimension. I have worked on quite a few occasions with former doctoral students. So if my research or my contribution to a research project has helped them in some way, then I'm very happy to have been able to help them. Aside from research, I really value my time with my students. And so um, I don't know if I would say moments of pride necessarily, but it's just very rewarding when I hear from a former student and they're doing well in their career and they're doing well personally also. So that just the time in, in class and the opportunity to interact with students has been very rewarding. Uh, on the personal side, I have five wonderful children and they've all grown into wonderful adults. They care about others and they, they try and make the world a better place. So, um, uh, I'm very proud of them and how they live their lives. And uh, I just, uh, I, I love learning. I, I like to pursue different interests. And so 
every day is an opportunity to learn something new. On, on your point about really enjoying the time with your students, I always feel like that's those kinds of professors are the best kind where they actually care about how you're doing and they want to see you succeed rather than just regurgitating information to you. Uh, those are always the relationships I'm going to look back on in a couple decades. Like that professor really made an impact on me. So that's great that that's how you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it, it's just so rewarding that time with, with students. And if I uh, in any way can open a door for them, it's an honor to be able to do that. And for our final formal question, imagine that you overhear a group of former students talking about the impact that you made on them. What do you hope that, that you'll hear them say? I guess if, if I heard former students talking about the impact that I made, I would like to hear them say, um, you know, he made me realize that I could go out and compete with anybody from any school in any setting. And I could do that with confidence. That's great. And I'm sure that many students say that about you. Thank you again, Ed, for taking the time to speak with us and share some insight on your leadership and the finance industry and department at LaBeau. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it and I wish you well. This has been LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast from the Dean's Student Advisory Board of Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Opinions expressed are awesome, but may not reflect the views of the college or university. Thanks for listening and join us again for our next episode.